0: There had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature.
1: Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown?
2: Do it! One, two, three,
3: four!
1: Danish artist Soren Yule of Indians abandoned his conservatory training for synthesizers and a laptop, but it was our game. I'm Jim Dirigatus from WBEZ and Columbia College. And I'm Greg Cott of the Chicago Tribune. Indians
4: perform their dreamy soundscapes live in our studio. And they birthed heavy metal, but never had a number one album until now. We'll review the latest from Black Sabbath. That's
1: all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news.
5: When I was in the third grade, I thought that I was gay. Because I could draw my uncle was, and I kept my room straight. I told my mom, tears rushing down my face. She's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K. Tripping. Yeah, I guess she had a point, didn't she? Bunch of stereotypes all in my head. I remember doing the math like, yeah. I'm good at Little League, a preconceived idea of what it all meant. But those that like the same sex have the characteristics. The right-wing conservatives think it's a decision. And you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition playing God.
4: That is Macklemore and Ryan Lewis with the hit song, Same Love. A song that a lot of people are saying is the first to explicitly embrace and promote gay marriage in the top 40. We're talking about 788,000 sales so far, 53 million YouTube views. It entered the top 40, coincidentally or not, on the same day that the Supreme Court came down with those two big rulings in two big gay rights cases, the uh, challenge to the Federal Defense of Marriage Act and the California ban on same-sex marriage. Both ended up victories for gay rights advocates, and on that same day, the song went, went to number 28 on the charts. A spokesman for the human rights campaign, the largest gay rights organization, told the New York Times, the fact that a song solely dedicated to the message of marriage equality is climbing the charts and quickly becoming a popular song across the country is a big deal. It's indicative of a changing attitude. Now, it's important to note that it's not the first song to talk about gay rights that was a hit of some sort. Uh, You can go back to the Tom Robinson band in the 70s with the song, Glad I'm Gay, all the way up to last year with Frank Ocean in his Channel Orange album where he talked very openly about his sexuality but Macklemore's a straight guy and he's in an art form, hip-hop which has not been notable for its openness to gay rights as Macklemore told the New York Times quote, I just wanted to hold myself accountable and hold hip-hop accountable and bring up an issue that was being pushed under the rug here's a little bit more of uh, Same Love from Macklemore and Ryan Lewis on Sound Opinion
5: if I was gay, I would think hip-hop hates me. Have you read the YouTube comments lately? Man that's gay gets dropped on the daily. We become so numb to what we're saying. A culture bounded from oppression. Yeah, we don't have acceptance for. Call each other big acts behind the keys of a message board. A word rooted in hate, yet our genre still ignores it. Gay is synonymous with the lesser the same hate that's caused wars from religion gender to skin color the complexion of your pigment the same bite that led people to walk outs and sit-ins it's human rights for everybody there is no difference live on and be yourself when i was at church they taught me something else if you preach hate at the service those words aren't anointed that holy water that you soak in has been poison when everyone else is more comfortable remaining voiceless rather than fighting for humans that have had their rights stolen i might not be the same
1: That was Same Love by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis on Sound Opinions. What do you think of the idea of pop musicians taking on the issue of gay marriage in song? Give us a call, 888-859-1800.
2: Every day I get up and pray to John And he increases the number of clocks by exactly one Everybody's coming home Days. Last night there was skinheads on my lawn Take the skinheads, bowling, take them bowling Take the skinheads, bowling, take them bowling
1: Greg, that's the Camper Van Beethoven classic, Take the Skinheads Bowling. They've been in the news lately. David Lowry, the leader of that band and of Low, has been out front in criticizing the streaming audio service Pandora for not paying artists fairly. His bandmate in the reunited camper van Beethoven, Jonathan Siegel, recently wrote a very interesting piece making that point as well. Pandora is shorting artists. What was interesting about that is he spent three years working at Pandora. And then Pink Floyd, the British rock legend, sent a recent letter to USA Today making the same criticism. This issue has been in the news a lot because people have been wondering as Apple rolls out iRadio, how will it pay artists for audio streamed on its new service? It seems that artists will be making twice as much money from Apple as they have been from Pandora. The per stream payment is minuscule. It's 0.13 cents in year one for each stream, 0.14 cents in year two. But Apple is also cutting labels in on a share of advertising revenue. In year one, 15% of net advertising revenue. In year two, 19% of net advertising revenue. And of course, in addition to iRadio streaming songs, you have iTunes, which is selling songs. So our Artists may make twice as much money from Apple, iRadio, and iTunes as they have been from Pandora and other streaming services. Listening to sound opinions and those radiant, beautiful sounds are courtesy of the Danish band Indians, a song called New. The man behind Indians is the classically trained multi instrumentalist Soren Yule. He first caught our attention after releasing the viral hit video for Magic Kids on the web. That led to him being signed by the revered UK indie label 4AD. Then he retreated to the Danish countryside to write songs, teach himself guitar, and turn his one man bedroom band into a full fledged touring group. The result is the record Somewhere Else and the subsequent world tour that led him to Chicago. Soren Yule and American bandmates Heather Woods Broderick and Laurel Simmons joined us while they were here, and as we began the conversation, Soren told us that his love of music was passed down by his record collecting dad.
6: He has a huge record collection and like instead of having the television running all the time there was always a record on at home Neil Young, Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Beatles, Beach Boys.
1: And I understand you particularly like Pink Floyd and this kind of psychedelic otherworldly music.
6: Yeah. First time I heard Pink Floyd I realized that music don't have to be commercialized. <laughs> I like when you have time in music and you can actually let yourself go and let your imagination go with it, you know. I like uh, electronic music a lot because it's repeating itself all the time, so it actually makes you think a lot and make you imagination.
4: It seemed like music was in your blood from a very early age, and you were on this track to uh, enter the conservatory, right, as a, as a student of music. Um, mm kind of a more of a classical track, it would seem. So were you sort of pointing in that direction early on? How how did you get into that, as opposed to, say,
6: pursuing the Pink Floyd area of music early on? I wanted to be a really good musician, so I approached the best schools in Denmark. But I also found out that I didn't like the idea of people telling me what kind of artist you're going to be. I was a piano player, so it 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 was obvious that my teacher wanted to learn, learn me jazz and things like that. I'm not that much into jazz.
4: The jazz aspect of of music, the improvisation, there's some elements of that in, in your music now. I mean, you, have, you take solos and things like that. What was it that you did not like about it?
6: Um, it wasn't abstract enough, I think. They wanted me to do all kinds of things. Like, I was put into tests two, two times a week, and I failed all the time <laughs> because... <laughs> I didn't understand them, and they didn't understand me.
4: There, there was a certain way they wanted
6: you to play. Exactly, yeah.
4: But you were on this track for quite a while,
6: right? For some reason, they kept me at the school I don't understand, because I kept <laughs> failing all the tests, <laughs> and, and they said, well, next time we're going to kick you out, because there's a lot of people who want to be in the school. But they, 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 I was there almost to the end. Um, and just before the final, I decided to quit. Wow. <laughs> And um, yeah, I was, I was really lucky because I actually decided to quit because I was asked to join a band as a keyboard player. And that band was touring in Denmark. And at that time, I was like 21 years old. And what I really wanted was play that venue that I was asked to play. And that, w- that was my dream at that point. Everything that I really wanted was suddenly there. I was a keyboard player in a in a psychedelic rock band,
1: <laughs> so so the business of sleeping on floors and not getting paid and exactly. always being hungry—all oh, that was great.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the dream. <laughs> that is the dream, and that's a, that's the reality too.
1: Let's hear a song. Mm-hmm. You're going to play a song called "Bird," right, mm-hmm. which is from uh, the debut album. Yeah. Somewhere else. Excellent.
4: Bird performed live by Indians on Sound Opinions. We've got more with the band in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. And later, it's the OGs of metal, Black Sabbath.
2: Finally,
4: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and you've been listening to our conversation with Indians, the musical alter ego of Danish singer-songwriter Soren Yule. That song is a title track from Indians' 4AD debut, Somewhere Else, and Soren stopped by to perform songs from it during a recent tour. He was joined by Heather Woods Broderick and Laurel Simmons in our studio, but Indians really began as a solo venture. But it's not the first time that Soren Yule has had to collaborate with band members. He also played in a series of bands in Copenhagen for almost a decade before going out on his own. Here, Soren tells us why he wanted such a challenge.
2: Oh blood,
6: I got to a point where I felt too safe on stage, just being in the background as a keyboard player and backing vocal. I played music with my best friends for a long time, and I think it's very interesting to work with people like it's, it's very difficult to be creative as a band but I've done that for 10 years in different projects so I wanted to do something myself and at least try to be the boss <laughs>
4: so the bedroom recordings were kind of the start of that that's where that's where the whole thing got. you got this apartment started recording on your own yeah what, it was a laptop keyboards basically in, in your in your room there you had some success almost, it seems like. The short version of the story is that you put a track online and the next thing you know you're getting phone calls from 4AD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's the reality of that?
6: I think the, the whole music business has changed a lot. I don't believe in rock stars. Like rock stars belong to the seventies and 60s and 80s. I don't believe in rock stars anymore. We are basically promoting ourselves all the time at the internet and i i love that you can actually promote yourself like so many opportunities all the time online i made the song and i wanted to share it with people so i asked a friend to make a little video for it and i put it on my facebook page and my friends starting share, sharing it with their friends and you know sharing and and sharing it was very and organic music. yeah 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 and suddenly it it just went outside of denmark and went on a blog in Sweden and went on on a blog in Greek and suddenly it was on an American music blog as yeah. well
3: <laughs>
1: Sometimes a song will start with you with a particular keyboard sound Mm -hmm. or a a particular sonic trigger, but that kind of belies the craftsmanship. You know, the lyrics are, are so beautiful and the melodies are layered and there's these wonderful arrangements. It seems awfully complicated music to come from just mucking about on a keyboard
6: yeah for example like this every sound on this synthesizer is uh, redone there's no like pre- factory presets in the synthesizer I, so you've I taken made,
1: all the digital yeah, formulas and I, tweaked them yeah
6: i basically got it and turned everything to zero and made my own sound so this like is, this is a bell sound it's very inspiring in mm-hmm. itself so whenever you do a song you don't have anything like i like the idea of that you are actually gonna advent something that doesn't exist Hmm. and when you're done you something exists
1: but that's a unique that's a unique way of composing i mean many songwriters that we talk to say you know i woke up with this idea i have this melody in my head or it's been it's been you know you're you're kind of opening yourself up via your instruments to what's going to come
4: yeah
6: i think sound is very inspiring
4: which completely contradicts your conservatory training, which is all about <laughs> playing the notes the certain way, right? And then here you are talking about sound. Your, your, your uh, conservatory uh, teachers must be
6: They asked screaming. me to play really fast, and, 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 I, and I practiced, and I did a lot of scales and stuff, but I, I also used six or seven hour years to try and forget what they, what they told me.
1: <laughs> uh, Looks like you're doing a pretty good job. Because things can <laughs> get too technical, too i'm curious about singing in english um why not sing in danish Mm, that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) i mean we wouldn't know what you were saying and bird is a lovely image you know lyrically
6: yeah i i i believe in opportunities and it would be a limit for the music if i was singing in danish i probably wouldn't be here right now because you wouldn't understand what i was saying yeah so
1: but that's our fault (laughs) <laughs> Ugly Americans. We won't listen to anything that we don't understand, right?
6: I like your language. I like. I think it's very important for people to communicate. And we are all humans and English is is a very easy language. It's a very easy way to communicate. So I I believe and I think it's very important that that you at least can speak English so we all can communicate. Like it's a, it's a world language, I think.
4: Mm. When you talk about communicating and I want to get back to what you were saying about Magic Kids, the song that kind of had a life of its own. I don't, I'm sure you weren't expecting it to get as worldwide as it was, but I think part of the reason that song was so affecting to people was not only the melody, there's something insinuating about that, and the vocal, this kind of one introspective thing going on, but there's also this really cool synth part that's kind of like the last part of the song, mm. and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm wondering how much of your classical training figured into composing that and how much of this let's just make a sound and see where it leads us uh, tr- you know mindset that you were in that, that uh, contributed that, to that
6: what, that's what happened like the sound was made made its, its own melody i might be wrong but i once i heard this i think it was bob dylan he said sometimes you're in the room with the song but sometimes the song is in the room with you <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense because i can't remember making this song the song was in the room with me.
4: Wow. That's a good cue. We're here with Indians, and uh, can you play Magic Kids for us? Yeah. Great.
1: Beautiful stuff. Magic Kids by Indians here on Sound Opinions. Sorin Yule starts out in his bedroom. With that song, gets the attention of everybody, even in Greece where they have bigger problems right now. People are (laughs) loving this song all over the world. You wind up signed to 480. It wasn't long before you realized you were going to have to put a band together, right? And Indians became a group in Denmark, but it's a different set of musicians we have here. Heather Woods, Broderick, and and Laurel Simmons joining you. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let you bring the band, right?
6: Um you have to build things up. Um I'm not I'm not spoiled. <laughs> mm. And it costs a lot of money oh, okay. to to bring a band into the States from Europe. I, I like the idea of trying to do things different too. I I was very lucky to get introduced to Heather and, and Laurel. And um I think that's that is very inspiring to have that opportunity as well.
4: You're playing as Indians now, but a, year, a little over a year ago, you weren't doing this at all. There was no live context for this at all. How was that first gig?
6: The, the first show was in February last year. I was told to do this like winter festival in Copenhagen. I actually had to like, create more songs to play the concert. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful night. Um, it was at this church, and uh, it was so loud, like 300 people. I remember before going on stage, I was really, really nervous, but in a good way, like, like that's, that's what I wanted, to feel nervous again. I remember just a minute before walking on that stage, I, des- I thought by myself that I'm going to decide within the next hour if this is going to be a concert project too, or is it, is it gonna, only going to be like recordings. I had no idea if I liked to perform and be a lead singer in front of an audience. But the second we walked in there, I was completely silent, and the atmosphere was so intense. I think I decided that I wanted to do live concerts before we even start playing because mm-hmm. it was it was really nice sharing it. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and and it's interesting what you're saying that the silence and the intent- you could feel the intensity in the room because the people were obviously focused on what was happening. So yeah. you, this this is not the kind of thing you envision doing like at a at a Skrillex type environment where there's lots of lights and <laughs> things are blowing up. It's not. It was never intended to be that sort of thing. It it sounds like you you had in mind this intimate thing and you couldn't have picked a better setting than a church (laughs) to do that (laughs) in, it sounds like.
6: Thanks to the promoter.
4: Yeah, very cool. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Kott with Jim Dirigatis, and we're here live in the studio with Indians. You guys got
6: another song for us? Yeah, Um, I'll grab my guitar.
4: What are we going to hear, Soren?
6: This song is a guitar song. It's called uh, I'm 100. This is not the guitar, but I... Like two years ago, I found a guitar uh, in the trash um, and I took it home and put new strings on it. And I love that guitar and I, I tuned it. I, I, I don't play guitar that much, but I tune it in a way so it's easy to play guitar. So this, this song is called I'm 100 and it's written on a trash guitar.
2: Up tonight it's not too late to see the light at your face. I paint the wall up to date, so you can see your spite again. Up and go, yes, we are Hope you paint to be gone. A little late, a little wait, but to go home and be walking home. Let it be what the waves took away. It's too late to walk away, what's the robberous easy come, girl, I'm haunted, Let's.
1: I'm haunted by Indians on Sound Opinions. Soren Yule, Heather Woods, Roderick, Laurel Simmons,
4: thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having us.
1: To see video of Indians live in the studio, visit soundopinions.org. And we want to hear from you. Soren Yule said Pink Floyd was the band that showed him pop music doesn't have to be conventional. What was your Epiphany Band? Call 888 859 1800. Coming up, Black Sabbath is back with a hit record, and then Greg drops a quarter in the Desert Island Jukebox. That's after the break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. back to sound opinions i'm jim de he is greg Cott, and that is a song called god is dead question mark by the one and only black sabbath the album is called 13 and greg it is the 19th studio album of black sabbath's very long and hugely influential career more than any other band this is the one that defined the genre of heavy metal and everybody who loves metal to any extent Pays homage to Black Sabbath, but it's been a real long time since the band's best lineup was in the recording studio, Never Say Die, in 1978. It was kind of a messy album. Ozzy Osbourne was suffering from various drug and alcohol addictions. He was in and out of the band, and since then, they really haven't released much new music. A series of reunion tours in 1997 through 1999 had them starting to talk about making an album again. And shortly after that, they began working with super producer Rick Rubin, except it didn't get finished 2001, 2002. It dragged on and on and on. Now, finally, we have this album 13. But... Bill Ward, the original drummer who was there for many of the reunion tours, is now on the outs because of various business proceedings with Black Sabbath. So it's drummer Brad Wilk of Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine sitting in for the great Bill Ward. What are we getting from these legends in the fifth decade of their career, low these many years on, on the album 13? Let's play a track and we'll come back and give our opinions. This is End of the Beginning by Black Sabbath on Sound Opinions.
4: Of the beginning from Black Sabbath, the new album 13 debuted at number one in the UK charts. First number one album of the band's career, which is uh, remarkable when you think about it. That's extraordinary. Here they are, three-fourths of the band anyway. You mentioned the most crucial missing link, though, Bill Ward, not being here. Inexcusable, really. Call yourself Black Sabbath and you don't have one of the defining heavy metal drummers of all time in your lineup. I'm sorry, I can't go there. I mean, we'll does an okay job, but I think what's fascinating about this album is that they really went back to the early, early roots of the band, almost like that pre-debut sound, where they were into this kind of jazz and blues vibe. I mean, five of the eight tracks are longer than seven minutes, and it really calls for that Ward flexibility, that almost sense of jazz swing that he would bring to some of those tunes. Wilk just doesn't have that. But that said, i got to say that Iomi on guitar... And Butler, with the lyrics and the bass, are in top form. They sound really, really good. They certainly add to the legacy with their investment in the material. The songs, the riffs are there. Iommi is bringing those 10-ton riffs. For once, Butler's crucial not only because of his bass playing, but also because his lyrics give Ozzy something to sing about. Now, let's face it. Ozzy, you know, hasn't looked or sounded too good for a couple of decades now. But now he's got something to sing about, and what he's singing about is some of those inner demons that he has been so publicly wrestling with. What he's over singing the last few about? It, all
1: of these songs are about how about death. Yes. I've never heard an album that mentions dying or death. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) More, you know, and and it's like because they're all like senior citizens now and they're all going to die soon. That's the only thing they're singing about. Well, well, Ozzy's staring into that abyss, as you can see, every time he's he's
4: interviewed, you kind of get that sense of it. So there's actually kind of a a, a meaning behind this album than just a souvenir for this big reunion tour. So despite the fact that Ward isn't there, they don't embarrass themselves. It's not a great Black Sabbath album, but it's not
1: embarrassing either. It's a it's a very solid Burnett record. Oh, I don't know. You're you're giving them way too much of a pass. You know, Rick Rubin wanted to take them back to the sound of Black Sabbath, Paranoid, Master of Reality— And he didn't. He's been criticized in some of the audio magazines for over-compressing everything. You know, it's a way-too-compressed album doing that loudness mastering that tries to replace intensity with just loudness. It's it's a rotten-sounding record. You're going to laugh at me for saying this. But (laughs) Butler has at times been a very great lyricist, walking that fine line between knowingly being cartoonish Mm -hmm. but not being laughable, if you know what I mean. Sweet Leaf is a love song to a pot plant. (laughs) okay? Here, he's really ponderous at times with that Nietzschean thing of God is dead and all this talk of death. He's writing not as someone who loved comic books and Boris Karloff horror movies which gave them the, their name right he's writing as someone who's listened to Slayer and a million bands not as good as Slayer in the last 30 years what Reuben wanted them to do is get away from heavy metal and go back to where they were psychedelic blues sludge jazz you have Bill Ward all wrong by the way he was not a jazz master what was great about him is he was the sound of a cinder block being thrown down a flight of stairs Yeah, but you... he was heavy handed you listen to the
4: those progressive suites that they would do those longer tracks and they swung they these do not
1: swing I think Ward did have a little bit of a jazz swing thing if you can say an elephant did ballet <laughs> that was the way he swung and it was a very unique style I, but mind you I love this guy as a mm. drummer and, and he's missed here and the fact that you can hear Butler's bass and Ozzy just sounds awful let's face it you know he his voice is gone you're you're looking through the rose-colored glasses you want Black Sabbath to still be Black Sabbath and they're not Black Sabbath this is a Trash It record. I'm sorry. I
4: tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Just the cast away,
3: island lost at sea. Now I'm stranded on my own. Stranded far from
2: home.
0: you remember? We were shipwrecked together.
2: Stranded out of my own. Stranded, yeah, mama.
1: As often as possible here on Sound Opinions, one of us likes to take a trip to the desert island and play you a track that we cannot live without. Greg, it's your turn. You're going to hitch a ride from the Dread Pirate Roberts. What do you got for us?
4: Thanks, Jim. I've been thinking a lot about the uh, Memphis garage rock trio, The Oblivions, who have finally made a new album, the first in 15 years, called Desperation. And I started listening to their uh, back catalog because of that moment. Great new album, I should mention, but the stuff that they recorded back in the early to mid-90s when they were just forming in Memphis, was just golden. Greg Cartwright, Jack Yarber, Eric Friedel, these guys have been mainstays on the Memphis scene for decades. They all sing lead, they all write songs, they all switch off instruments in this band. I think more than any other band during that era, they embodied the spirit of Memphis and that early rock and roll sound. A lot of people think of Memphis as the spiritual birthplace of rock and roll. And they sort of bring it back to that basic element, not to mention the R&B, blues, and soul scenes that all course together there in that great city. I mean, they bring it down to two guitars, two chords, a drum kit that basically consists of a snare drum and a tom-tom. I mean, who needs cymbals? Who needs a kick drum, you know? (laughs) Who even needs songs in some ways? It's just straight ahead, full-on, let's play this thing as if it's the last song, the last moment on earth that we're ever going to have. They laid it all out in that first album, Soul Food, in 1995. And the very first track on that record is a track called Vietnam War Blues. It was a cover of a Lightning Hopkins song. And I think the oblivions bring everything together on that track that they were interested in. You're going to hear this raging piano that kind of reminds me of Jerry Lee Lewis when he was playing on those early Sun Records uh, sessions in Memphis in the 50s. And then you've got the blues element. Lightning Hopkins of course a great blues artist out of Houston. These guys are big record collectors. They had all his 45s. And then you're bringing it together with that post-punk kind of intensity that they brought to every song. If you listen to Lightning Hopkins' original. It is sort of jazzy and poetic and bluesy. It's a song about a young man having a conversation with his mother about his older brother going off to the Vietnam War, and she's sort of saying to this young man, "Is it do you understand what's going on here? Your brother's going off and he may not come back. I hope you don't go too." There's sort of a tragic undertow to the song. Well, the Oblivions bring the anger out in that moment of what it feels like to have family members go off to a foreign country to die in a war. It's the Oblivions with Vietnam War Blues on Sound Opinion.
0: 怎么办<音><音><音>
1: Bolivians with Vietnam War Blues, Greg Kotz, Desert Island jukebox pick for the week. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're going to talk about the beat generation's influence on rock and roll. Great. as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Special thanks to Mary Gaffney and Logan Jaffe. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana, Robin Lynn, and Annie Minhoff. Our intern is Megan Murphy. And our fearless leader, our executive producer, Tori Southside Malatia. he really preferred the Ronnie James Dio Black Sabbath.
2: Bus, bus, line is busy every time that I phone. Bus, is the longest stalker I ever known. Bus, bus, I've been trying hard to reach him all day. Bus, when I get him, I forget what to say. Should I call the operator? Is the number that
0: he gave me my own?
1: On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say.
0: New messages. Hey guys, uh, Eric Winnick from Brooklyn, New York calling. Thank you so much for your interview with Brian Ferry. It was really enlightening. Brian Eno, notwithstanding, I think he's one of the real renaissance men of modern music. I have to say, I I was surprised you didn't ask him about the inclusion of the song More Than This in the film Lost in Translation. Thanks. This is hard. One of the seminal films of the 2000s in the scene in which Bill Murray sings the song at a karaoke bar to Scarlett Johansson
2: i could feel at the time there was no way of knowing fallen leaves in the night who can say where they're blowing as free as the wind hopefully learning why the sea on the tide has no way of turning
0: I'm sure that that scene brought the song and Roxy music to a whole new audience. Anyway, thanks for another great show, and keep up the awesome work. Hi, this is Susan Hewitt Hartacre in Raleigh, North Carolina. I wanted to say thank you very much for playing Mavis Staples' new song, I Like the Things About Me. Y'all mentioned Mavis feeling more accepting or better about being black. Well, my interpretation was totally different. I found that Mavis was feeling, well, sort of like me, that she has simply aged and learned to like herself more. Thank you, bye. I looked
5: in the mirror What did I see? A brand new image of the same old me Oh, but now I wonder Why should I be? Surprised. I like the things about me I like the things about me I like the things about me I
0: like the things about me that I hey guys I just wanted to call in about the uh, Procol harem man I was driving down the road and heard you talking about salty dog and it just made me want to beat my head against the steering wheel till I was unconscious.
2: Said
3: we made our port and call. The sand so
2: white and sea so blue.
0: No more mortal place at all. Uncle Hiram, what a one trick those guys are. Trite, jaded, tedious, wonderful, wonderful show, and I love you guys. But Proco Harum, man. I think I'm offended, but I I don't think it's quite that much. Bye.
5: We fire
0: the
2: gun And burns the mine
0: Hey, This is uh, Alex from Maytown. I just wanted to say that my faith has been reaffirmed in you two, especially after the Procol Harum debacle, the uh, Saul Williams Desert Island Pick. How did I miss this guy? Stunning. Uh, it had me bouncing around, dancing in the kitchen. I'm not a dance in the kitchen kind of guy, but uh, that did it for me. Thanks, guys. That was wonderful. Love you, Joe.